Welcome to the Talking Disney Podcast. Welcome to the Talking Disney Podcast. This is episode four. My name is Jason, and I am here with Cody. How's it going, Cody? Doing pretty good tonight, Jason. How are you doing? I am doing great. Trying to stay warm here in Cheyenne because it snowed last night. I think it's still snowing outside. So, yeah, well, we got a little snow last night here in Logan, but this whole last week we hit like fifty every day this week. So I think I think we're in our thaw period. Yeah, we were we were pretty warm throughout the week until Friday. Friday night and woke up this morning with the, the ground covered in white uh, cars covered in white. So I sent yeah. the kids out and they all shoveled the driveway and the sidewalks for me. There you go. Yeah. The joy yeah. of children. The joy of children. That's it. Yeah. So episode four, we made it about a month. Um, yes. We did, we did miss a week, uh, technical difficulties, but we are uh, on our fourth episode. So yeah, it's been it's been an interesting road. There's definitely been a lot to learn about this recording a podcast, this experience. podcast thing. Yeah, yeah. And there's been a lot of trial and error. There's been a lot of things we've had to learn and adjust and adapt to. And it's been, you know, it's been a a bumpy road. Um, it's been a good road, but you know, we've had a few bumps along the way and. I just want to kind of extend a, a thank you to the listeners that we have for being patient with us and for uh, listening to us each and every week. Um, and it, I know it really means a lot to me, especially the people that I know personally that that tell me every time that they're listening to an episode and they're giving me on the spot uh, reactions and feedback as they're listening to the episode. That's been That's been really cool for me. Um, and it just it means really a lot to me personally that that people are actually interested in, in what we're doing and that they're that they're being uh, supportive. And so I just want to thank our listeners for for their support and their patience as we're learning this process. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I know it's been I didn't know prior to getting into it. I talked to a few people who have done podcasts and uh, I wasn't quite under the impression that you just you just set up a mic and you record I mean, and then you publish it. I, I knew there was a lot of work to it. Um, I'm learning that there's a lot of work to the editing process uh, and then little hiccups that happen and you have to go back and fix things, but it's been, it's been fun. Um, you know, sitting and sitting down at the, the, the computer, putting it all together. And then, yeah, the, the, the feedback that you get um, looking at, cause we, we obviously we host on Podbean, So, I can I can look on there and see see how many times it's been down downloaded, uh, and you know we're not at you know great you know huge numbers, but it is kind of cool to know that there are actually people out there that take the time out of their day and you know listen to us for you know thirty five forty five minutes uh, 
when they could obviously be doing other things. So uh, we, we, we appreciate the listeners and hopefully we'll have some, uh, you know, content and stuff coming up in the future that will interest you. Um, and that we can, uh, we can keep on improving every, every episode. Yes, I, I agree. It's been, it's been fun. I know it's something that we've talked about for a really long time and, and now we're here doing it. And so we're going to continue doing it as long as, as long as we see fit and as long as we're still having fun doing it. Cause that's what it comes down to at the end of yeah. the day. Yeah. Having fun talking about Disney. So, all right. Speaking of talking about Disney, let's get into a little bit of uh, some news, some stuff that happened this week. Uh, I wanted to bring up, uh, I watched uh, prior to recording, I watched uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet on uh, Blu-ray. Uh, that was released this week. I seen it in, in the theater, but, you know, I always buy the movie when it comes out and watch it again. Uh, so if you haven't bought it, uh, head down to wherever you buy your DVDs or Blu-rays, Walmart, Target, Amazon, best buy uh and check it out uh, i haven't had a chance to listen to all the, or watch all the uh all the extra stuff um we just watched the movie but i'll sit down and watch watch all the all the special features um because that's a lot of, a lot of that is what what i think is kind of cool especially if you've already seen the movie so um and then the other one that came out i wanted to probably spend a little more time on uh the little mermaid was released on the uh, walt disney signature collection series which i believe this is number eight uh and i do own all the previous seven so even though i think it'll be my second copy of little mermaid um that i own uh i did have to buy it and with little little mermaid obviously i've seen it numerous numerous times so i wasn't in a real hurry to watch the movie per se but the special features is what i was interested in especially uh, there is a uh, special feature that has uh, Alan Menken, and uh, it's 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 called Alan Menken and the Leading Ladies, um, and he takes some time. I think they recorded it in New York because I think a couple months ago, uh, before it was actually officially announced that it was going to be the Little Mermaid next. Uh, uh, what's your name? Jody Benson posted something about doing something for Little Mermaid in New York, and that was kind of the the hint that this one was going to be the next. Uh, the next movie in the series. Um, but basically it's Alan Menken sitting behind the piano. Uh, they reminisce a little bit about uh, Howard Ashman, uh, which was the, the pair that did the music for little mermaid um, did some for um, beauty and the beast too, but I'm pretty sure Howard passed away prior to beauty and the beast actually coming out. Um, so it was, it was Alan uh, Jody Benson, uh, who was Ariel, or the voice, the voice of Ariel. Paige O'Hara, which was the voice of Belle. Uh, Judy Kuhn, which was Pocahontas' singing voice. Uh, Lilius White, which was Calliope, uh, one of the the main muse in Hercules. And uh, Donna Donna Murphy, which was uh, in Tangle. She was Mother Gothel. Uh, and they they, they just kind of sat around for fifteen or so minutes, reminisced. Uh, they got to sing, uh, tell some stories. Uh, Lilius White, the the muse, hers was hers was awesome. I mean, you you close your eyes and you think you're you're watching the movie, um, but all of them were 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 great. Uh, I mean, most of them had tears tears in in their eyes by the end. So, um, those are those are the things I like, especially with the Walt Walt Disney series or signature series, is they put so much uh, extra stuff on there. This has about an hour's worth of stuff, 
besides the Alan Menken thing, there's a, uh, uh, a part called what I want from you is your voice. Uh, and it's obviously a play on uh, Ursula taking little mermaid's voice, but uh, it's basically you're inside the studio with all of them and they have, have little clips of them uh, recording and uh, very, very cool. Um, and then each, each one of them has a story from Walt's office where they highlight something different in his office. And this one was, uh, talking about all Walt's gadgets and gizmos, uh, all the little stuff he collected, the miniatures, and how people would uh, stories about how people would bring back miniatures for him. And uh, so, if you if you get a chance, check out the Walt Disney Signature Series Collection, Little Mermaid. Uh, even if you don't, or even if you already own it, uh, I mean, I would buy it, but that's just me. Uh, so may, maybe I'll send you my other copy. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was thinking you talking about all those special features that I might have to go and purchase a copy yeah. of the Little Mermaid. I don't, I don't own a copy of the Little Mermaid. Right, right. And I just, I just learned that tonight that you, you didn't, you didn't own a copy. So and I know, I know uh, you're surprised by that. I'm very, very surprised. But hey, uh, you know, some sometimes you know we don't get all the movies. I was off the topic of the Walt Disney Center, I was telling you earlier that I was, I I'm ordering Tarzan and Hercules off of Amazon. Cause uh, we were looking through our collection and we don't have those on DVD or Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had them on VHS yeah. uh, back in the day and we just never bought them. So, um, yeah. I, so I was, go ahead. I have all these, all these Disney movies that I want, I want to buy and want to have in in my personal collection and whenever i go to a a store that sells you know dvd and blu-rays and i start looking at them and i'll get like five or six in my hand and i'm like man that's like a hundred bucks i got like a hundred bucks right here i don't know if i can just drop a hundred bucks right now on on disney right so i I, and then i i talk myself out of all of them right and so i put them all back right Yep. Yeah. That happens. Uh, like tonight we were at Walmart. I picked up and the reason we started talking about it with, with my, my daughters, uh, they had Hercules and Tarzan sitting there. Uh, one was, I think 1499, one was 1799 or 1999. Um, but I was, I'll just order them on Amazon. I think, uh, Amazon, they're both 16 or 1799. So it'll be the same price. And, uh, it'll come with, these ones didn't come with the box that they all come in now. It was just a, just a plain Blu-ray. So, uh, we'll, We'll go ahead and order them. Uh, something I was thinking about with this Walt Disney Signature Collection series. I don't know if you know much about it. Not, not per se. I mean, I know that they've okay. been releasing, releasing them over the past couple of years. Right, right. They started with I want to say it was Snow White. I think, um, I think it was Snow White. Yeah, back in let me see. I'm pulling them now. Back in uh, 2017, actually 2016. The the Blu-ray release came out. Um, and then they've done Beauty and the Beast after that. Uh, Pinocchio, Bambi, Lion King, Lady and the Tramp, Peter Pan, and then the newest one, Little Mermaid. I, I was going to see if see if you had a guess. I wasn't able to find it, if, if they've uh, any rumors or anything on the next one they're going to release. Um, and the way it looks, it, there should be another one this year because they kind of been doing – they did two in 2016. They actually did three in 2017. Uh, Two in 2018, because um, Lady in the Tramp was February of 18, and then Peter Pan was June. So I'm guessing maybe a, another possible one coming out this this summer, maybe the fall. Uh, I, I wanted to see if you had any guesses on which one it might be. That's that's a good question. the The only one that comes to mind that's not already released uh, would be Sleeping Beauty. Okay, yeah, that that's would a good be my one. guess. Right. 
uh, yeah, Sleeping Beauty is a good guess. I, I was also considering, uh, now obviously Lion King has already been released. We got the live action coming out this year. I was thinking possibly Dumbo or Aladdin in there too, uh, okay. as a, as a signature series, uh, obviously two, uh, one newer movie, you know, Dumbo being, uh, one of the older movies, Sleeping Beauty is a good one. Um, so I don't, one, one of those three, I think Pocahontas possibly could be could be another one you get you get that stretch where you had little mermaid beauty and the beast pocahontas lion king you know maybe tarzan uh so yeah we'll see uh i always probably about once every couple weeks i always search up see if i can find uh, uh find when the next one's coming out so are they using any sort of parameters or guidelines to which movies they're selecting not that i know have you seen anything or are of the ones that have been released can you can you notice a, a trend or maybe like a, a defining not really no there's thing? no there's no uh it doesn't look like there's any rhyme or reason to the ones just obviously they're 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 the more popular uh disney titles um and as far as and see that's what i thought too and then the one that surprised me on on the list that's already been released was lady, lady in the, the trap yeah 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 i don't know where that i mean i I, I mean, I like the movie, but obviously it's not the, you know, it's not the Snow Whites. And, you know, if you had somebody name off their top 10 Disney animated movies, Lady in the Trap probably wouldn't be in there uh, for, for, for most, you know, Snow White will be in there for a lot. Beauty and the Beast, Pinocchio, you know, Bambi, uh, Peter, Pan. Peter Pan, Lion King, you know, now Little Mermaid. But yeah, there, I don't, I don't know of any parameters they use to choose them. Um they toss movies in a hat and pull one out. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. If, if, if I was in charge of this whole series and what to, what to release next, I would probably go with Dumbo. Um, just because of the, because of the live action Dumbo release that we're getting. This yeah. Year? Yeah. I think, you know, that or possibly Aladdin and, uh, but with Aladdin coming out in the summer, I don't know if I'd want to release a, uh, dvd or a, a blu-ray in the summer so i would probably think maybe september so people people watch aladdin get excited for it uh whether they think it's great or not you know that's a topic for another day you know with the uh, will smith and all that but then you know uh maybe people, people who never seen the cartoon they hey you know the live action came out in the summer and then september or whatever hey the, the you know the animated classic is out so let me go buy that so so also this last week we got an official announcement for the opening of Jesse's Critter Carousel attraction in Pixar Pier in Disney California Adventure Park in the Disneyland Resort in Anaheim, <laughs> California. Um, that's we don't know if it's going to be early, middle, or late April. All we've been told so far is it will be opening in April. And that is um, the reskinned version of the carousel that was already there, which was King Charles' right. carousel. Yeah, no, I went when we go no, November, and all the all the walls were up, and uh, kind of an announcement that it was coming, but uh, no no timetable. So at least we know it's coming next month. Yeah, I I know it was it was always very strange to me. Like I like I'm fine that they decided to convert Paradise Pier into Pixar Pier. I mean, I wish they hadn't. I really liked 
Paradise Pier, especially in its right. original state. But you know things change, and you know that's that's fine. I I can deal with that. Uh, but what what was weird to me was that they seem to be opening this parad this Pixar Pier in phases. Um, and I and I guess that was just to because I guess how apparently it takes a long time to reskin a carousel, get those other right. They're not horses because it's not a, a standard carousel, but these other critters made for you to ride on on the carousel. Maybe maybe those take a long time to produce. I'm not sure, but everything else would seem like it would be a fast process. You know, a, a paint job, different music, soundtrack. You know, yeah, it seems. I I, I see the, the the face thing, especially now the 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 other ride that's coming in with the the inside out themed ride. Uh, yes, the whirlwind. The emotional yeah. world. Now, I know they had to wait for. The bugs landed close because they're just taking a ride from there and get to retheme it, right? Yeah. So th they they closed a bugs land in DCA and they they pulled basically it was, it was Flix Flyers. Okay. They they pulled Flix Flyers and they were basically reinstalling it with a new skin, um, over there where the Malaboomer used to be located on the pier. Okay. Um, and that that's where it's going to be plugged in. in yeah, I could there. I could see that one because Pixar Pier opened before bugs line closed, but I don't, you know, you would think you would want all your rides when you, uh, when you open your new themed area, you know, all the rides to be ready to go. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I think it would have made more sense, especially if, you know, cause I'm sure the plan all along when they came up with this is like, Oh, well we'll take Flix flyers and we'll create it into this inside out themed ride, which is fine. Um, because you know, they do need things for, younger kids to be able to do too right right you know, it, it's a it's a it's a family park you know there's got to be stuff for all ages um but it, it would have made more sense to me to to not even start doing some of their other transformations until bugs land closed and kind of do everything all at once but that maybe because i mean that's a large area of the park back there and maybe they didn't want such a large portion to be all closed down at once yeah yeah i can see um, that and so that that's the only reason I can think of, but it I don't know. It's just seemed very weird that okay, Pixar Pier is now open with and and you know they they gave us the Incredicoaster when it first opened, um, but then they didn't have like the official like the the Pixar Pier sign as you're entering the pier wasn't fully finished, right? Like it said Pixar Pier, but the the Luxo lamp on the top what hadn't been unveiled for another couple months after. The, oh, see, I didn't know that. It was opened. it was there last time we went. So, yeah, it was there when you went. Yeah, um, and I actually didn't notice it, it up for a month or so. Oh, uh, okay. I didn't I didn't notice it at first. Uh, uh, my wife had she she's the one who pointed it out to me. So, <laughs> obviously, I need to look up and look around more when I'm walking around there. So, yeah, especially in new themed lands like that they got stuff yeah. everywhere yeah everywhere which we'll be talking about one later but we'll get into that in a second i i did see there obviously no horses uh, or sea lion or seahorses or whatever but uh did you mention what was going to be in there like the whim it says whimsical snake armadillo turtles bunnies and more from woody's or from the world of woody's roundup so there'll be a lot of different animals for kids to ride on yeah and i mean it's it's a cool concept because what they look like that they've used uh, from Toy Story 2, when Woody meets Jesse and they, they show him his cartoon or right. little sitcom, not a sitcom, but little short 
um, TV specials um, of Woody's Roundup. Right. And when Jesse would be doing her things, there were these little paper cutouts of these animal critters that would run along around run along with her and but th- it was funny because they were little but you could tell that they were little paper cutouts and they were like glued to sticks right right and they would just kind of move them along with her yeah i think i think those are the critters that they are kind of theming this off of right right all right good deal well next time we're there we can we can ride on uh jesse's critter carousel absolutely uh, I don't think I'll be yelling giddy up though, like the article says, but maybe you never well, know. As long as you yell yeehaw. There you go. It's one or the other. If you, if you, I'll, I'll, I'll let you not say giddy up, but you there gotta you go. yell yeehaw. I'd rather say giddy up. <laughs> 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 All right. So next moving out to uh, downtown Disney, there's a new, a new store coming in and I just like to say the name. So it's, it's called sugar boo and company. Um, and it's, uh, I didn't know what this store was. Apparently it's got a, uh, there's another Sugar Boo and Company in uh, Disney Springs out in Walt Disney World, um, but they are coming to Downtown Disney. Uh, just a copy of the of the uh, Walt Disney World version. It's uh, basically a boutique that sells uh, art prints and charming home goods uh, to whimsical paper products, handmade ceramics, candles, stuff for your bath, jewelry. Um, Basically, all kinds of stuff. Um, I don't know where it's going to be located exactly. I'm um, pretty sure it's going to be, I think the article says it was going to be on the west end of uh, downtown Disney. So um, if you're there, doesn't doesn't give a, a date when it's opening, but if you're there and it's open, check it out. Um, uh, it's one of many new uh, stores that are actually coming to or that have come to uh, down, downtown Disney area mentions uh, Splitsville Luxury Lanes, um, which was open last time we went, but we just didn't have time to go in and check it out. Uh, Ballast Point Brewing Company and then the Salt and Straw Scoop Shop. Have you ever had any ice cream from there? No, I haven't. Okay. Um, but I, I've i been told that they have some interesting flavor In- combinations. Interesting combinations. I They let you try them. So I tried one that had goat cheese. I uh, wasn't a fan. Uh, but I, but I had to try okay. it. So <laughs> if you if you want to uh, if you want to experience goat cheese, just try it, and then you can just throw the straw or the uh, the little spoon away because it's not that good. Uh, but what, obviously, what if you like goat- flavor that you did try, uh, I only I only tried the goat cheese, and then I knew I I knew which one I wanted. We had a uh, it was a sea like a sea salt caramel version. Um, okay, it was good, but. Uh, it was just, it was too much. I couldn't, I couldn't eat it all. It was, it was really salty. So. Oh, uh, too salty. Yeah. 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 It okay. was. So I, I probably ate about mm. half of it, but uh, check it out. Something new. So. All right. I want to say it one more time. Sh- Sh- Sugar Boo and Company. <laughs> Sugar Boo and Company. Yeah. I, I heard um, someone describe it as kind of like a world market without the food in world market oh okay okay kind of like the center portion of world right right all right yeah interesting it says here uh the owner and her husband started it back in 2005 so yeah it's been going for 14 years so so they must be fairly successful um Hmm. but we'll see we'll see how it goes going if it's gonna be on the west end of downtown disney 
because they haven't made any announcement of anything closing or going away to make room right. for it. So I'd have to assume that it's going to go in a vacant spot. Right. What's over there? Which, I mean, uh, Rainforest is still vacant, ain't it? Yeah, Rainforest is vacant. I mean, and I don't know. With the exterior of that, they'd have to do a lot of renovating yeah, on that place yeah. to to make it look like a I mean, the pictures a, I'm a I'm seeing the pictures I'm seeing it looks like a fairly big facility now obviously they could scale it down to whatever they're they're going into you got the end over there was it where the Disney Vacation Club was maybe yeah which uh, wasn't very big no no for, I I mean I never went in there but walking by it it seemed like it was a fairly small area but we'll see yeah uh, I'm sure it says uh that uh, stay tuned for more details on the newest hot spot to shop. Well, all right. Um, another bit of news that was kind of floating around the internet this last week is that the live action Mulan movie coming up um, that has a proposed release date of March 27th, 2020. And I say proposed because it's still over a year well no march it yeah we're in march yeah now, just so. just over a year yeah just barely over a year out and i have not we have not gotten any official release date yet so that could still change um but i did see that they have wrapped filming for the movie and that they're just going into post production now um there's along with that announcement i did see Rumors that they are still in search for someone to voice Mushu for the film. Um, because um, with that, I'm assuming Mushu is going to be completely CGI and that they can just add him in in post-production along with whoever they decide to voice Mushu. Um, but the rumor is that they're talking with Kevin Hart to voice Mushu. I like Kevin Hart. I like Kevin Hart. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think if they're not going to go with Eddie Murphy again, which which is fine if they want to make this completely its own thing and, you know, separate it from the uh, the animated version that they made, um, that's fine. Because I've also heard that this rendition of Mulan is not going to be a musical. Oh, yeah. And I don't even think it follows the same story, does it? I don't think so. I think this is going to be pretty different from the Mulan that Disney's already told. Okay. So, um, but it does sound like they are going to incorporate a Mushu character into, into the movie. And it does sound like Mushu is going to be the comedic relief to the film. Um, if it's true that they are looking at Kevin Hart and Kevin Hart's a comedian. So it would be only natural that that character is going to be comedic relief. So, um, obviously if we get anything more concrete or an official announcement on the matter, we will let you know all right awesome awesome and then the last bit of news which will kind of tie into uh what we're gonna our main topic tonight um tuesday cast member only a release of the uh, costumes for um galaxy's edge um i saw rumblings earlier in the day that it was going to happen and then um uh, later that night, Facebook, you know, all the all the pictures started showing up, and apparently, you know, a lot of people were uh, sh showing off the pictures, saying, "Here's the costumes," and uh, they were they were being told, "Hey, you might not want to share these because you could get in trouble, whatever." But apparently, they were asked to 
or they, they were told it was okay to, uh, to uh, share them. So uh, if you follow us on our Facebook page, we did post a few of the pictures that I found along with the name tags. Um, I don't know. Did you have any thoughts on the, on the costumes? I mean, they look, they look cool to me. They look like they'll, they'll, they'll fit in. Uh, we will see. I've heard some rumblings on the internet that maybe they're not the best, but um, I don't know. What do you think? I think, I think they look good. Um, they aren't anything more than what I was expecting. So, so I guess I'm pleased with that. This is, this is what I would have expected them to do. Um, as far as the cast member costumes. Um, I do like though that they're, that they are adding more variety as far as the cast member costumes for this land. Whereas, you know, you go to any other land in Disneyland, whether it's Tomorrowland, Adventureland, Fantasyland, everyone in that land is wearing the same costume. Um, for that land where now with with galaxy's edge they're giving cast members several different options depending on what their role is and it, it looks like if they're going to be operating an attraction they kind of have a specific costume that they have to wear that that ties in with the attraction um, but even with like the the rise of the resistance attraction coming to galaxy's edge it looks like they have two different costumes for that as well they have like a resistance theme attraction costume and then a first order themed attraction costume um kind of depending on where you're at within the ride because the, the ride and we might talk about this later but the ride and how you experience the ride and and all of the all of the pre-show stuff the the stuff that is going to help immerse you into the story that the attraction is trying to tell um, while you're in line, um, kind of like if anyone has been to Pandora um, in Walt Disney World's An Animal Kingdom, when you're when you're in the line and you you go into like this pre-show room where you stand on these markers on the floor and they scan you and they they pair you or match you with with your own personal avatar so that you can ride one of the banshees because you have to be you know one of the avatar people to to ride a banshee. And so that all helps tie you in to where you're not just, you know, I'm not just Cody um, jumping on a banshee, you know, that I've gone in, the scientists have talked to me about their process and all how they get you onto this banshee, you know, and it sounds like they're going to do something very similar with the rise of the resistance attraction, where you're going to get a lot of pre-show elements to fully immerse you into this experience to help you feel like this is actually happening. Um, now the, what they're calling like the villager outfits, the cast members that are going to be from what I understand, they're going to be cast members. They're going to be, you know, Disney employees, obviously, but they're not necessarily going to be, I don't think, um, and I don't know how exactly they're going to do this, but my understanding would be like, these people are going to be fully in character. They're not going to be wearing name tags or anything. They're going to be, um, people of the city and doing their day-to-day -day stuff that they do in the city. And they've, they've allowed cast members to mix and match these costumes with, you know, three or four different pants, four or five different shirts, you know, scarves and hat wears, and they can kind of go in and play a different character. Um, 
you know, or portray a different character every time they they come to work in Galaxy's Edge, or then maybe they can, you know, stick to the same costume and, and really develop their own character within the village that you can come to know and expect to see every time you visit Galaxy's Edge. Okay, interesting, which will kind of kind of lead us to our main topic and I, we might talk a little bit about the uh about the costumes uh during this uh but Thursday um so Tuesday we got the announcement that you know they were going to show the costumes which a lot of Star Wars fans, Galaxy Edge fans, Disney fans were, were excited about. I had no idea that uh, Thursday was going to be a pretty big day also. Uh, basically, we got tons and tons of details that we hadn't known previously. A lot of them were rumors, and uh, but a ton of details about uh, Galaxy's Edge. Um, they uh, actually invited some press. I don't know if it was when it when it took place, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday morning. I don't know. Uh, but they gathered a bunch of press and they gave them a uh, exclusive peek at Galaxy's Edge, uh, a tour uh, of the rides of, uh, you know, the stores, the uh, the places to eat. Uh, and so we're going to talk a little bit about that today. And if and if you, you've already heard this stuff, you know, maybe maybe we'll share some stuff with you that you didn't know. I know Thursday afternoon, I, you know, I was scouring the Internet for for details um, and found, you know, you know, there was, you know, tens, twenties, thirties, 30 different websites that, that had, you know, details that, you know, they were there, uh, which I thought was cool. Um, we weren't invited, but, uh, no, no, we weren't, we didn't have those. <laughs> no, no, yes. maybe someday, but, uh, so there's some interesting things that I didn't know, uh, some things that I learned, uh, and I'll, I'll share a little bit with you, uh, and Cody, uh, that, uh, I'm not a huge Star Wars, you know, fan. I'm not, you know, I don't read the comics. I don't, you know, read the books. Uh, you know, I don't have collectibles sitting on my shelf, but I do enjoy the Star Wars movie. So, you know, all the ones that have come out in the theater, I have seen, I enjoy them. Uh, but I'm not what you would consider, I guess, a Star Wars nerd, which no offense to anybody, uh, nerd not being a bad thing. Uh so a lot of these things I didn't, I didn't know. And, you know, I actually had to do some research on, you know, the, the planet and, you know, all that stuff, which after doing all this research, I can tell you that I'm actually more excited for galaxy's edge now than I was at this time last week. Uh, you know, when they first announced it, I was like, Oh, that's cool. It's, you know, a star Wars land. Um, when they announced, you know, the name and where it's going to take place, I was like, okay, you know, it, it'll, it'll be cool to go. And, but you know, after after reading all this stuff and seeing the the amount of detail that they're putting into it, um, yeah, I'm I'm actually excited to go. I I won't get to go when it opens, uh, but you know, maybe when I do go, it won't be uh, the long lines that they're expecting at the attractions. So, um, so I don't know. Are you are you a big Star Wars guy? I mean, um. I've turned into a fan. I, I'm not going to call myself like a super fan or anything. Yeah, like, maybe I mean, super fan's a better word of, than nerd, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm trying not to offend our <laughs> listeners, Jason. <laughs> um, I, I wouldn't call myself a super fan uh, by any means because I, I know that there's, there's a lot of lore and a lot of background stories and a lot of different things that I 
couldn't hold a conversation about when it comes to the Star Wars universe. You know that you know like the the Clone Wars animated TV series and all that stuff that ties in and you know that they consider canon and all of that. Like I couldn't couldn't talk to you about any of that stuff. I don't I don't know. You know I'm I'm kind of like you. I know the movies, um, and I hadn't seen a single Star Wars movie until uh, right before Episode seven came out the force awakens um because i just i didn't grow up around him um and growing up i I knew people that watched him and i knew people that really liked him and i just it never really interested me growing up um and then when i saw the trailers coming out for the force awakens i was blown away i'm like that looks like such a good movie and you know and by that point you know i i had um, let's see, The Force Awakens came out December after I graduated high school. So I was 18 years old. Um, and so no, obviously knowing people that are really into Star Wars or that are, you know, just average Star Wars fans, I, I knew the main like gist of the Star Wars story up until episode seven. And so I knew enough that interested me in episode seven. Um, so I think about a month before episode seven came out, I went and purchased episodes one through six and, and watched, sat down and watched them all. So that way I would actually know everything I needed to know as far as the movies went, uh, to prepare me for the force awakens. And I, after watching the force awakens, I, I really liked that movie and I still do. Um, and I liked episode eight. Uh, even though I know a lot of people had issues with it, but, um, and I'm excited for episode nine. So I, I, my favorite movies so far have been, um, episode seven and, and henceforth, um, compared to the, uh, first six, uh, the original trilogy. And then the, um, the, well, what do you call them? um, Yeah, they call those um, episodes one through three. Obviously, I know they weren't. I know they're not chronologically. They didn't come out in that order. But um, it's like you know, like there's epilogue, which is after something. What I'm trying to think of the word that's before prequel. Prequel. Okay, that's what I was looking for. Um, I don't even know what I was saying anymore. But um, I like episode seven and eight compared to the first six. So. Right, right. All right. So for if there is anybody out there that doesn't know what Galaxy's Edge is, basically it's a new Star Wars themed land uh, that's coming to uh, Disneyland Resort this summer and Walt Disney World Resort this fall. And something I didn't know prior to today is both uh, versions are pretty much going to be almost the same. Uh, they're going to have the same attractions, uh, same uh, merchandise, same food items. Uh, so people who are waiting for it to open at Disney World kind of got a early, early preview of what they'll see. Uh, and I also read somewhere today that they're possibly going to build one. It was announced for Disneyland Paris, uh, but I think it's not not going to be on the same scale or same. You know, it's not going to model uh, the two here. But that's sometime. This was announced in 2018. Sometimes that there'll be a a huge expansion coming to uh, that. Uh, park, um, which will also include Frozen and it was something else. Frozen, Marvel. Star Wars. Oh, Marvel. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
So uh, that kind of off the topic, but you know, there'll be, there'll be another version of a star Wars type land uh, over, over across the, across the, the, the ocean. So, uh, but some interesting things or some, some background on uh, galaxy's edge. Um, it is a, uh, they newly created and developed by Lucasfilm and Walt Disney. It takes place on, and I'm going to preface all this by saying, if I pronounce any of these, you know, <laughs> names or planets wrong, I apologize to begin with. Uh, uh, I tried to, uh, tried to Google some proper, uh, way to say certain things. So hopefully I got them all right. But if I, if I butcher them, I apologize to all the true Star Wars fans out there. So. Uh, just bear with me. If you want to send me an email at talkingdisneypodcast at gmail.com and tell me I'm saying it wrong, feel free. Uh, so it takes place on a remote frontier planet called Batuu. Uh, it's on the edge of space. Uh, and that's home to the Black Spire Outpost, which uh, it says was formerly a, a must-visit destination for refueling, for food, provisions, but it's some uh, it's been kind of forgotten about uh, in the advent of hyperspace travel. And when I read that, I thought of cars, Route 66, uh, that type of thing. How once the once the interstates came in, that you know, used cars for example, Radiator Springs was kind of forgotten about. Yeah, in real life, Route 66 came in, and a lot of these small towns along it became you know forgotten about. Uh, so that's I, I kind of tie, tied those two in together, and it says it it got bypassed and kind of faded away. Um, so now it's a home to smugglers, bounty hunters, and basically people that that don't want to be found. So, um, very very interesting backstory on it. So it's set during the time or during the conflict between the resistance and the first order, uh, which it says is basically uh, in the middle of the current uh, sequel trilogy that that's, that's going on. And uh, some of the interesting things that I read about uh, like possible future or when changes uh, as star Wars changes or as it, as it adapts it uh, galaxy's edge can change too. They said with, with new movie shows coming out, they, they left it where it's easily adaptable to what's going to happen with future uh, movies uh, TV shows, etc., about Star Wars. So it's not uh, like a couple episodes ago we were talking about like Tomorrowland uh, being out of date. Uh, basically, Galaxy's Edge won't become out of date because it can adapt, uh, which I thought was cool. Um, let's see some of the other things that I read um, included uh, about the spires and um, why it's called Black Spire uh, Outpost. Um, basically, it's set on a planet. Um, that has these uh, look black, gray looking spire things, and uh, basically, if you uh, if you watch Star Wars, each planet kind of has its own little thing. Uh, mentions there's snow on Hoth, the forest on Endor, etc. So on Batu, spires huge, and it says huge chunks of petrified rock that were once giant trees, they've cracked and now broken uh, is is the distinguishing feature. Um, and it talks about the mystery of the Black Spire will remain a mystery. Uh, it says this is a mystery to the Black Spire area, and uh, there is no answer to why it's called Black Spire. It says everyone will have different theories on why there isn't one answer, uh, because it did happen so long ago. And not, not knowing a lot of the history or the background of, of this area, 
um, I thought, I thought that was kind of cool. Cause there, there, there won't be one answer, you know, that's, that's kind of cool. Cause you know, they're going to have, you know, characters right. within the land, you know, as if these are actually people there that either live, live here that operate shops or restaurants or smugglers or whatever. And it's like, you can almost go up and ask some of these people that are in the city, you know, or, you know, they might be having a conversation with another villager or something about, right. You know, the two different things that they heard about why it's called black spire outpost. So it's, it's kind of cool. You might be able to hear some of these different theories when you're in the land. Right. Or, or you could hear a lot of rumors that aren't true. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it, it, is, it is nice that they're making it, um, a land that's adaptable to, whatever future changes come to the star Wars universe. Um, because I know I've heard people complain about radiator Springs in cars land over in, in DCA. It's, it's a very well done land. Um, like we've talked about before, but I I've heard uh, an opinion out there that one of the things that this particular person doesn't care for about radiator Springs is that, it's 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 set you know it's radiator springs this is its time period and they can't do anything with it um necessarily because it's it's purely going from that one movie you know um but they in creation of of galaxy's edge and black spower outpost they're they're tying all of this in with the star wars story and universe that we already know but they're allowing it to also be tied in in the future with the stories we don't know. So that's really cool. So in Galaxy's Edge, there's going to be two main attractions. Uh, the first one being Millennium Falcon, Smuggler's Run, and the second, uh, Star Wars, Rise of the Resistance. Uh, we'll start with the, the Millennium Falcon one. Uh, and it's that's going to be one of, from, from what I can understand, from what I read and seen, the Millennium Falcon is going to be one of the first things you see when you come into the land. So it, it's a it's a one-to-one scale. Uh, of the Millennium Falcon from the movie, and from all the pictures that I've seen of the outside and the inside, I mean, it looks it looks pretty amazing. Like like you're actually walking into a Millennium Falcon. Uh, so, uh, the the queue area or, or or the line is actually good. At, well, here let's talk about the story um, first, because there, there's in the in the past couple of months there's there's been leaks on what what the story behind it's going to be, and. Uh, Basically, the story behind the Smuggler's Run ride is that uh, Hondo Anaka um, needs some help transporting some stuff, uh, some some goods, smuggling some goods, and he's bargained with Chewbacca to use the Millennium Falcon to do that. Uh, but he's looking for a flight crew, and you will be his flight crew. Uh, so the line is going to take you through the maintenance hangar of the Anaka Transport Solution, uh, or Anaka Transport Solutions, uh, which will give you views of the uh, Millennium Falcon parked outside. Um, Hondo is going to be in there uh, as well. He's going to be an animatronic character. And uh, from what I've read, he's going to be the second most complex anima- animatronic character ever created by Disney, uh, only behind uh, the shaman in Pandora, which I think you mentioned earlier. Um, and he explains the whole story to you from inside his, his, his shop. So he'll, he'll give you all the details. Uh, once you get to the to the front of the line where you're almost on the right, you're going to be split into six groups and given boarding passes. And then you're going to be invited to spend a few minutes in the area, which or in the waiting area, 
which this is, I think, what a lot of the fans are, Star Wars fans are most excited about because the waiting area is actually the main section of the Millennium Falcon, uh, just like it's seen in the movies. There's, you know, the computers, the uh, the chess table, um, and you'll be able to actually roam around that area and interact with everything that's in there um, before you actually get to the ride. So obviously probably a great place to take pictures. Um, you know, I don't know how many exact or how many people are actually going to be sitting in there. If it's just the six of you uh, or if there's going to be more, but uh, while you're waiting to actually board the ride, that's where you'll, you'll kind of hang out. Uh, and then um, one of the things that, that I read that uh, it talks about the cockpit, uh, you're going to have only one entrance to the cockpit and how, how they did it. No, nobody in this article knows or the articles that I read. Um but it's going to feel like it's the only cockpit there. So it's not like you're going to see like six different cockpits or whatever it may be that you actually load into. You're going to load into one cockpit and then somehow for the next group of people, uh, the cockpit moves or slides out and then another one slides out. You know, like, like I said, they didn't know, they, they didn't know how it worked as far as the, the articles that I saw. And this one in particular that I'm reading, uh, they actually asked that question and they wouldn't tell them. And I, and they asked it a few times and they, and they, and they wouldn't tell them. So uh, Disney's keeping it kind of a secret on how they achieve the, the, the effect. Now, once it opens and you, you go on it, maybe you'll figure it out. Um, not sure. So, uh, and then once you, once you board the ride, you and your, your, your crew, um, all six people will have something to do. Uh, two people are going to be pilots two people are going to be gunners and then two people are going to be engineers. And, and the ride is going to, the ride is going to go based on how, how you perform or how, you know, how the pilots fly, you know, if they're good pilots, how the gunners shoot, you know, if they can shoot down the enemy, you know, how, how, when you do get hit uh, or take some damage, how the engineers repair it. Uh, so there, there's going to be, you know, different, different things you could do. Maybe first time you go on it, yeah, uh, you're you're a pilot, and then if you're going during the first couple of weeks, you know, you jump back in line and wait another five hours, or four hours, or wherever. You know, I I, I can't imagine how how long these lines are going to be, but uh, the next time you get on, you may be doing a different job. So, uh, it says working together will ensure a more exciting ride, and the ride designers assured that all three stations are equally fun and rewarding. Um, now, I, I I would I would probably like to be the pilot, but yeah, yeah. I mean, of course they're gonna tell you that they're not right, right. Say it. Like, yeah, the pilot's the best yeah. spot to be in. Being an engineer, you you suck. You're not really gonna be able to do much, <laughs> right? So you know, maybe but. maybe if if you're going on with somebody who just wants to experience the ride, they can be the engineers. So, uh, so so when you and I go, you can be the engineer and I can be the pilot. No, 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 no. They need two pilots. They need two. So, uh, and then it, and then it goes into detail about or a little bit of more detail. Uh, the trip will take fans off of Batu or Batu is hopefully I'm saying it right, and then through through a lot of action, which uh, they didn't really go into a lot of detail. Uh, there is some concept art um, of what it will look like, uh, and then when the ride is over. Uh, Hondo will assess your group and actually give you, or, you know, not give you actually, but you know, you'll get a cut of the earnings. Uh, and then it says a cut that can somehow be used uh, in other parts of the larger story. And I, I don't know how that's going to work. If, you know, maybe it keeps track of uh, what you do. Uh, I don't know if there's an, a reward or if there's, you know, yeah, if you do well, you can get, you know, free merchandise. I don't know. It, they, they didn't really go into detail. So 
uh, something that you'll find out later on what that means as far as uh, used in other parts of the larger story. Uh, and I would assume around or inside of uh, Galaxy's Edge. So, um, so that's on one side of the park, it says. And then on the other side of the park is the Rise of the Resistance, uh, which I think you have some, some to share about that one. I do. Um, the Rise of the Resistance attraction that's going to be on the more west side of the land um, will be in, in Disneyland, at least. It, it's going to be the first attraction that you come to if you're entering Galaxy's Edge from the Critical Country. Country okay, right. I now I heard there's going to be three entrances, right? Critical Country. There, there. Yes, there. There's three entrances. Back behind uh, Big Big Thunder Mountain, and then yes. Fantasyland. Yes, and I mean I think because 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 I also read an article that that described the three entrances as Critical Country, Frontierland, and Fantasyland. Okay. I don't think, in in my opinion, I I think calling that third entrance a fantasy land entrance is is not accurate. So where where is that, it exactly? It's it's on the it's on big big thunder trail, just like the other one. But the the frontier land entrance that they're referring to is like on the frontier land trail, like where you would go in, along. where you would go into where it used to be the barbecue area, right? Yes. Okay. Well. That the barbecue area is more was closer to the fantasy land side. Okay. Um, and so that's that's where like the third entrance is was where uh Big Thunder Barbecue. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. I was and thinking maybe it would the, be over by now. I, I haven't seen any maps or anything. I thought maybe it'd be over by where the uh did you, skyway to did you go on the trail when you were there in November? No, because they have like the little alcoves that you can go down. I don't think off the trail. I don't think we made it back there. Okay, so if, if you're on the Big Thunder Trail, there's two little pathways that kind of jet off of the main okay. trail that go towards like the railroad tracks, towards the back of the current park. And you go back those on those trails for, I don't know, 100, 200 feet on, depending on the trail. And then you kind of get to the point where you would have to go underneath the okay. railroad track. Um, and they've got these big like wooden walls kind of blocking the the archway that you would enter and then they've got like concept art gotcha map yeah i don't think i don't think we made it back there so the the frontier land is like directly behind where you can start to see big thunder mountain on the trail it's like right there um did you go on the did you go on the train while you were there so you know where you get to that bridge where um gosh i don't know how to describe it i'm not a bridge person but it's almost got the big half moon things on it on each side of it where they kind of come up in like a big like half circle type thing and they've got the beams yeah yeah up um that is directly over the frontier okay okay um, and then that little path that you see there where there probably weren't very many people there is directly coming off the frontier uh frontier land okay trail there. all right so tell us about the rise of the resistance so so rise of the resistance it's going to be that first attraction when you come to if you're entering in from critter country um i also heard that each entrance of the park is going to they're really trying to make it seem like 
no matter which entrance you're coming in from like that, whatever view that you, that line of sight that you have from that entrance um, is going to completely transform um, basically what, what you're seeing, you know, you're, you're going to be directed at a certain focal point to really make okay. you feel like you're in the land. Um, okay. So the attraction, the, the, the entrance of the queue, the line is going to be kind of in the wooded, tree area of that western side of galaxy's edge and you're kind of going to wander through the the trees in the wood and the the ground that you walk on disney parks are really interesting in the textures and stuff that they do with the 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 ground that you're walking on like frontierland you know it looks more like dirt and mud and you've got like horse prints and like you know like wagon cart trails right. and stuff in them and you know fantasy land has the cobblestone over in Frontierland in the queue for rise of the resistance it's going to look like hardened mud and you're going to see like resistance um troop you know soldiers they're not soldiers but the you know the resistance members footprints and you're going to see tracks of like bb8 and stuff like that kind of hardened in the mud and you're going to go through the woods and then you're going to enter uh, the resistance base where you will then be greeted by BB-8 and uh, BB-8 will appear with a hologram of Ray, and then they're going to tell guests that they have to board a transport for an important mission led by Poe Dameron. After that, a bay door is going to open and guests will be hustled uh, past Poe's black X-Wing and into the cargo bay of a large transport flown by an animatronic um and once inside once you get into that transport uh guests will see poe as he climbs into his x-wing and continue to communicate with the riders as you begin to lift off of the ground and keep in mind that this this is all part of your your pre-show kind of like what i was talking about earlier but your your pre-show you're in line experience so this is not even the ride um itself you boarding this transport and you lifting off while Poe's talking to you this is all before okay. you even board the actual attraction so you're going to lift off in this transport and the transport is then going to be intercepted by a first order star destroyer and Poe is forced to retreat but promises to return with help to save um the riders so all of you in that transport um a tractor beam then pulls the cargo ship into the star destroyer and the doors open to a giant hangar filled with stormtroopers uh the stormtroopers will be audio animatronics cast members operating the ride will guide guests out of the transport and through the star destroyer with the occasional move along resistance scum so these are where like the first order um attraction costumes that we talked about earlier, okay. earlier would come into play so they're they're like attraction cast members, but they're also helping play the story of the ride. Um, at this point, uh, you're going to enter into an interrogation room um, similar to that um, from The Force Awakens, I'm assuming, where Kylo Ren is trying to get information out of Rey. That's the only interrogation room I can okay, and think I, of to, offhand to uh, the movie. Not to inter inter interrupt you too much. I also heard that all the voices, Poe, Ray, uh, 
Kylo Ren, they're going to be voiced by their actors, right? Okay. Okay. Yes, that's what I've heard. Mm-hmm. And once, so once you enter this interrogation room, that that that's when your real, um, that's when the attraction really um begins. So a- after that point, I'm assuming you'll have some sort of debriefing. I don't know if Poe comes back in or if you're being interrogated by Kylo Ren or the the details aren't super clear after that point. Um, but it does say you're your more attractions um, experience begins after that point. So you go into this interrogation room. It could just be a holding area where cast members start splitting you up into um, your parties and how many people are going to fit on, on the ride vehicles. And then you go down some sort of chamber within the star destroyer to board your vehicle. Um, Not much is known about what's actually this, what's going to happen while you're on the attraction itself, other than you're trying to escape the Star Destroyer, um, and Poe promised to come back and help you, so that's going to play in somewhere. Um, I have heard that there. It, this is a dark ride, um, and dark rides in Disney. Um, you could think of Snow White, Pinocchio. It's a small world. All basically, it's a, a dark ride is a ride that's in a show building. So. This attraction, they're they're calling it a dark ride, um, but most dark rides don't have a height restriction. This one does. So this this attraction, um, from what I've been reading, is not going to be a hundred percent tame. Um, they they've added an element at the end of the ride um, that they're describing as a significant drop. Now, this ride is also going to be trackless, so I'm very interested to see how they're going to do this significant drop if your ride vehicle is not necessarily attached to anything um, unless it just rolls down a slanted hill within this show building. Um, but there's a there's a drop at the end of the ride, and it's, set, it's supposed to simulate um, being ejected from a like a like a space pod, like a, you know, a escape pod um, from the Star Destroyer to get back to uh, Batu to the Black Spire outpost. So basically, you know, they're, they're trying to, it, this land and everything is supposed to be completely immersive. So when you enter the ride, Ray and BB-8 tell you that you have to get on this transport to go help Poe with this mission. You get intercepted by the First Order and it's like, well, crap, now we're on this Star Destroyer we need to get out of here. Um, and then obviously when you get off the attraction, you're still going to be in Galaxy's Edge. So now they have to bring you in the ride. They have to bring you back into Galaxy's Edge so everything makes sense. Right, right. So this drop at the end of the ride is supposed to simulate being ejected um, in a escape pod. Oh, okay. So I'm, I'm really interested to see how exactly they're going to do that. Yeah, this is the ride that was rumored to be like 26 or 28 minutes long, right? Yeah, and yeah, I and did. I did read somewhere that although it will be long, uh, that they said it will not be twenty eight minutes. Yeah. So and then I think that that longer time estimate is going to play in with as soon as you start getting instructions from Ray and all that. That's all factored into your right, right. attraction experience. Okay. Yeah. As soon as you come in contact with Ray and the BB eight, right? Yeah, and and they're telling you what you need to do. Right. You know, because 
Because it's almost kind of like a two-part attraction because from what I've seen and heard and read that this transport that you're getting in to go help Poe Dameron on this mission for the Resistance um, before it gets intercepted, you're actually boarding um, what they're calling is like a life-size transport vehicle. Um, So you're actually going to be getting into something or on something somehow and... You know, when they say it's like Poe's giving you instructions as you're lifting off, like you're actually going to feel like you're lifting off to go out into space to help Poe. And then when you get intercepted and and you get forced off your transport onto the Star Destroyer. So it's like you're going to be like getting on or in something and then you're going to be walking again and then you're going to get on another ride vehicle. So it's going to be very, very interesting because we've never had a ride like this before where you're kind of getting two parts. Well, interesting. I mean, it, it sounds, you know, like like I said earlier, you know, I was kind of meh about it opening. You know, I'll, you know, I'll go once I'm there. But uh, now, now I, I kind of wish I had a trip planned <laughs> around the summertime. But uh, uh, I mean, as much as I want to go in the summer when it opens, right? I don't want to go in the summer when it opens. True, it's going to be ridiculous. It will, it will be busy. And I know, read. Uh, somewhere uh, that they were talking about um, they were talking about that talking about the weight uh, let me see if I can find it um, and it was talk, uh, talking about possibly offering some type of uh, extra uh, you 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 would pay basically pay an extra amount to be able to get right on the ride you, you know what I'm talking about um, I guess I guess Universal Studios does something like it uh, where you pay an extra fee uh for the day or whatever or and then you're given almost like immediate access now th- it said that that disney or they didn't have any details on that uh matter of fact this is kind of something that talks about here it says uh see disney's famously secretive about behind the scene logistics and these people in this uh our, our article were told that constantly through the trip uh and they asked if there would be any special tickets plans for extra long lines and they said that's all still in the works. And then obviously across the internet, you, you hear rumors that, you know, they're going to charge. You can pay if you wanted to uh, an extra fee to get on the ride quicker besides having the max fast pass and all that, all that good stuff. So that's all something that's, that's still being, being worked out. If, if you, if you were given the option to pay extra money, would you? Um, I mean, obviously it, it depends on how much it was. Right, right. Um, but if it was a busy day and I'm looking at the app and it says that that line is like 365 minutes or something. <laughs> That's you know? crazy. Yeah. And it's just like, uh, you know, and like even with a fast pass, you know, purchasing right. max pass and, and, and getting a fast pass and all that, you know, you could still wait a long time, you know, right. if, if the standby line is that long, you're going to have a long fast pass line because they have to they, they have to mix people up in there, you know. And yeah, it'd be interesting to like see if what you have fast do. pass and then you have people paying to go directly to the front of the line and you have the standby line. I just feel like every line is just going right. to be slower. Now, what if they did something like uh, when Pixar Pier opened? They had like a special. I don't know if it was. AP only, or if anybody could buy the tickets, I think uh, I th- I think APs had um like an extra day to buy tickets, and so uh, they they 
offered it to the APs first. First, they okay. They only had like 24 hours. After right. that, it was open to the general they, public. I want to say it was like $299 and you got early access to it. I, I want to say it was only like like six hours, four to six hours uh, yeah. that you were allowed to be in there. But uh, uh, maybe, maybe Disney will do something like that with Galaxy's Edge where you can pay you know a certain amount of money now i if if they charge 299 for pixar pier which at the time only had what the the, the new credit coaster it had the new like arcade games or whatever or the you know the boardwalk games that the, you, you you could play and maybe some new food they uh, had the, the, new, the new skin or the new wraps on the the gondolas on the floor. right yeah yeah but imagine what well, i mean you know, five five ninety nine, six ninety nine, possibly for. I mean, I could see them like if they were going to do like an exclusive early access thing, right? Um, I could see them charging five hundred dollars because it's going to be much more than Paradise much, yeah. ever much more was, and ever yeah. will be. Right, right. Would you pay it? Oh man, if I had the time <laughs> off work, <laughs> you might. I, huh? I just might. Yeah. Just, yeah. just to, just to. I mean, obviously. You know, it's not like I'm going to have it to myself. I mean, they're going to sell right, right. five, six, seven hundred tickets, uh, probably it, right? more. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Um, and so it's still going to be busy, but you're not going to deal with the kind of crowds you're going to get that first day, right. week, month that it's open right. to everybody. Um, but if they offered something like on a daily basis, like a front of the line pass that was faster yeah. than fast, yeah. you know, fast pass, um, and it was. For like fifty dollars per per attraction, not not like an all day. It was like a fifty like fifty dollars per right. per ride, basically, right? Um, I I could see myself spending a hundred dollars, fifty dollars on each ride yeah, to just yeah. I cut the line and go straight for it. <laughs> um, at least when it was busy. Now I'd want to go back again and go through the queue itself because I would imagine it going. You know, if they did something like that where you pay and you just go to the right, you want. Line, you I mean, you want to see all that. That that's part story of story elements to it. Yeah, and like, but first, I just want to ride the ride. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because I know when I went to Walt Disney World and I rode Flight of Passage in Pandora, we had fast passes for it, and we only got to ride it once. And it's a really immersive queue, also. Um. Like that, you get to like kind of walk through right. or walk past like the laboratory and stuff that they have set up, the scientists and stuff. And I didn't get to see any of that, you know. And there were pictures going around on Facebook when that land first opened, and you get to see the the avatar in this water tank or whatever. And I didn't get to see any of that because of the fast pass. So, you know, I think fast pass along with if they were to do a paid front of the line type of thing you would miss a lot of the other elements to the attraction. Right. Right. And it does say in this, uh, in the articles that I'm reading that both rides will have multiple experiences. So um, like the smugglers run ride, depending on how your crew works together, uh, each ride can be different. Uh, and then in the rise of resistance, it says it has different variations as, as well. Uh, so obviously that's stuff that'll come out later, possibly not until, you know, we, we actually know some people that ride the rides and then they can tell us. So right. I'm, I'm interested to see how, how they're going to do the whole logistics with smugglers run and, you know, everyone having their, their part to play. And depending on how well these people do or don't do, it affects like your outcome of right. the ride and then how you can be treated 
in the land. I mean, obviously you're not going to get like anything, you know? Um, but like, you know, you could have like a bounty hunter come after you if you <laughs> did Someone's going to escort you out of galaxy's edge. You can't come back today. Cause you start. <laughs> and it just, it makes me wonder, um, like, I don't know if you get a group of people in there that really don't know what they're doing, is it going right. to ruin your Yeah. Experience? Now I did, I did read somewhere that, um, uh, they, they were saying, even if you have somebody who's not good as a pilot or is not good as a gunner that you, you still have a great experience. So, you know, one or two people on the rise, not going to ruin it, but yeah, I see, yeah. I can, I can see what you're saying. Because there's in in Epcot and Walt Disney World, they have their mission space attraction, which it seems like they're at least taking these elements and expanding upon them for Smuggler's Run, where in mission space, you there's like four people in your little thing and each person you have like a pilot, you have a engineer, you know, you've got these different titles and you all have like a role to play, but it's it's very simple. It's like the the person comes over the thing and it says okay you know engineer it's time to deploy the the flaps or or whatever right and then you're there's a button in front of you and then like the green there's like a box around it and it starts to blinking and you have i don't know five seconds to hit the button right and if you do it then the next part of the clip of the you know the audio or whatever starts to starts to roll um for say for whatever reason the person doesn't hear it or doesn't know what they're supposed to do because they're disoriented or or what have you if they don't do it it kind of there's like a fail safe it it acts like it does it anyway like so if so like if you're on re-entry on mission space and you don't deploy the flaps you're not just going to crash and burn um yeah it just kind of does it on its own so i'm curious to see if smugglers run is kind of going to do the same thing where if someone's really just not knowing what to do, if, if it'll be like, okay, let's, let's help the person out. Or if it's going to be like, well, your gunner didn't shoot anybody. So like you completed the mission, but the uh, millennium Falcon is completely destroyed and it's got to spend the next five weeks getting repaired, you know? So, I mean, I'm, uh, there's a lot, that they gave us this week, but there's also a lot that we don't know. So I'm still very excited to see what more news we do. Yeah. Yeah. So besides the two attractions, uh, they also talked about the food and the drinks and then the merchandise. So we won't spend too much time on those, but there are, uh, it talks about five main food stands, um, Ogus Cantina, which, uh, we'll talk about that a little bit. Docking Bay seven food and cargo, uh, Ronto roasters, milk stand, and, I'm going to pronounce it cat Saka cat Saka's kettle. Um, and it talks about how star Wars fans are actually going to get their first chance to taste and smell what star Wars smells like. So, uh, one of the restaurants, the canteen or the canteen, actually not a restaurant, but Ogus Cantina will be, um, one of the, uh, only places besides club 33 where you can get alcohol. Uh, they did say that the alcohol will not be allowed to be taken out of the cantina. Um, so um, you can drink there. You just can't take take it out. Uh, and they're also non non alcoholic. Uh, and if you want to uh, if you want to see what they're going to serve, uh, we'll we'll throw something together and post it on the on the Facebook page as far as uh, that. But I did want to talk about the docking docking bay seven food and cargo. Uh, it talks. It says that it's uh, 
the exotic foods of the Black Spire Outpost. Uh, it's run by Chef Strano Cookie Tugs, who used to work in uh, Maz Kanata's Play Palace. And um, some of the dishes actually sound very good. Uh, they're smoked, hopefully I'm saying this right, kadu ribs, uh, basically a pork rib, set, it says, cut in a unique way and served with a blueberry corn muffin. Uh, and then there's a fried Endorian tip yip, which is basically Star Wars chicken. Uh, <laughs> comes with uh, a distinct crust and served over vegetables. Uh, and then if you're, uh, let's see, yob shrimp noodle salad, basically a fancy name for a chilled noodle salad with shrimp. Uh, for the vegan people out there, Felucian garden spread, which is a plant-based meatballs with hummus, relish, and pita. And then they have the oven roasted burrafish or roasted tri-yip. Um, so so I mean, some of those sound really, really good. Uh, and um, let's see, we got the Ogus Cantina. They're going to be selling um, at the, what's this place called? Ronto Roasters. Uh, the picture looks actually kind of cool. It says uh, one of the primary eating establishments is Ronto Roasters run by a character named Bakar. Uh, it serves a sausage wrap, uh, jerky, and uh, it showed the, the picture is actually, um, it's an engine from um, a pod racer is what kind of heats up the food. Now, I don't know if that's real as far as that's actually what's going to heat up your food or if it's just part of the the uh, the decoration, but it actually looks pretty cool. And it, and it looks like it's actually a big barbecue pit with the with the pod pod racer engine there. Uh, and that's 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 actually really interesting because that that image of the the pod racer engine kind of almost op over like an open pit barbecue looking thing that was one of the first pictures concept art images that we got in the initial announcement of Galaxy's Edge um what was it in like the 2015 D23 Expo yeah, I don't. I don't remember exactly when it was, but yeah, um, whatever so year it was, that was one of the first images you know that was released in that in that press conference. Right, right. Yeah, it looks cool. I mean, if it if it looks anything like that, I mean, it, it'll just be cool. Just to, even if you didn't get to go on the ride, it's just cool to walk around. So, uh, and then they have some colorful Star Wars popcorn. Um, not a huge popcorn fan, but it looks kind of cool. Uh, and then the merchandise. Uh, when I was reading about the merchandise, uh, it made me kind of think of uh, uh, what's the, what's the store I'm looking for? Like um, Build a Bear Ride Makers when they used to be there, because you can actually build your own uh, um, lightsabers, build your own droids. Uh, hopefully, the lightsabers are a little more um, a little more you know better than the ones that are in the what's it the Star Trader. Uh, hopefully these are, you know, got some, got some meat to it, but it looks like it's like an assembly line type of, uh, thing where you, you go along station to station and, and build, you know, build it however you, however you want to build it. Um, kind of like how it was set up when, when they had ride makers or, 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 yeah, or build yeah, a barrel, like yeah. you said, you, it's like everyone, you come in and they explain to you the process, you start here, then you go here and, and at each station there's there'd be a cast right. member there to help you with that. Yeah. Project. And specifically the build your own droid. It, it says, uh, it says after you build it, the droid will be fully radio controlled. So kind of like ride, ride, ride makers where you could go out and run your car around, I guess you can run your, 
your BB-8 unit around. I, I don't know if I'd want to do it when there were so many people there, but uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or people stepping on Which them. One's uh, one thing I one thing I did want to note that they will not be selling any blasters. Right. Uh, it says although blasters are a large part of the Star Wars franchise. Um, as per Disney policy, no guns are for sale in the park. So uh, you have to get your blaster from somewhere else. Um, and then as far as the merchandise, it says no Disney stuff. Uh, I said all the merchandise in Galaxy's Edge will be as if you bought it on Batuu. Uh, you can't just buy generic Disneyland or Disney or Star Wars items. Uh, so that'd be cool. Everything's kind of basically you've got that full immersion. Like you're on the, you know, you're, you're actually there and you're, you're buying things that are from there. Uh, you know, some of the images that, that they show of these stuffed animals, they don't, they don't look like normal stuffed animals you would buy at Disneyland. So um, I thought that was interesting. Um, so any, any final thoughts on Galaxy's Edge? Um, yes. So another big integration that they're integrating, I guess is the best word, um, into Galaxy's Edge is the the Play Disney Parks mobile app that they released last summer-ish, I think. Where And, and what that app is, um, I know they have like a Disneyland and Walt Disney World version of this. Um, when you're in the park, they've kind of added elements throughout the park. I know one notable one would be like Peter Pan's Flight, at least in Disneyland. Where when you're in the queue, since, I mean, you could spend 45 minutes in that queue... <laughs> Um, there's things you can do on the play Disney parks app that interact with things that they've added in the line. And just to kind of pass the time, you know, they've got games and trivia stuff that you can play with your party. And then yeah, I have have spent 45 minutes in that line. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the, the app will ask you, have you reached this part of the queue yet? And, and if you're there, you can be like, Oh yes. And And it'll be like, okay, now, now look for this and it'll do, you know, a little activity or something for you to do with that specific part of the line that you're in. But the galaxy's edge has been built with the Disney, the play Disney parks app in mind. Right. And that the app is going to be very integral into your experience in the, line. yeah, I think this, this uh, article uh, kind of said the app is, it's kind of like a third ride. So it's, it's going to be a main attraction where that you know, you'll, you'll, you'll want to use it or you want to have it, uh, to kind of enhance your experience. Yeah, I I read an article and what what you know an official Disney person. I can't remember if it was uh, an Imagineer, but it was it was somebody from Disney saying that with with the Play Disney Parks app, as soon as you enter one of the three entrances for Galaxy's Edge, that the app will automatically switch into Star Wars mode. Um, so I'm sure there's something, um in those archways and in the park that tells like, if you have the app open that tells it that you are now in uh galaxy's edge and it, it'll basically operate the way it needs to because you're in that area. Um, and some of the things that they've released that you can do with the play Disney parks app while in galaxy's edge is that you can translate galactic languages that are spread throughout the land, kind of like, this is like an upgraded version to the decoder that they gave people when Indiana Jones first opened in Disneyland. Old school technology. Yeah. <laughs> Except it's not a paper card and you're <laughs> right. not trying to match the letters. You know, I'm, I mean, I could, I could see like them using, you know, bringing the camera into it and you can hold it up 
in front of like these ancient markings on on a wall somewhere and it'll it'll translate it there for you um and it's also going to allow you to interact with antenna arrays door panels drinking fountains droids ships and screens so it sounds like the app will give you the sense of being able to use the okay. force in certain ways um and if, if you've been to like the wizarding world of harry potter in um the universal studios parks um you have you can buy wands and these wands allow you to manipulate certain things in the land um with galaxy's edge instead of right. the wand you're just using your cell phone but it does it seems very interesting that they're that they're doing these different things to really immerse you in the land yeah definitely cool yeah yeah i i did i didn't mean, mean to mention that so thanks for bringing that up that was good uh you're welcome um another thing um that i noticed that there's there's going to be a a shop in galaxy's edge um that's apparently being called black spire outfitters and it's going to be like a clothing shop where you can buy outfits um you know to where you can buy like a jedi costume um or a resistance outfit or um an outfit that you know that makes it look like you're um it, within the first order um and the pictures that they released along with you know the details for black spire outpost is that they had children and adult sized costumes and i thought that was interesting because um i can't speak for disney world because i'm not 100 percent sure but i know disneyland specifically has a a rule that adults cannot wear costumes in the park yeah were they were, i mean did they look exactly like the costumes that the cast members would be wearing no they're, they're different costumes but like one of them are like legit jedi robes oh okay and it's like and it's like a full-sized grown man mannequin standing behind standing behind a kid-sized mannequin wearing kid-sized or maybe in galaxy's edge they want you to be part of the story so <laughs> but but you still have to walk through the entire park to get back there there's not a separate entrance where like if you're wearing a costume come around the back you know so it's like are they are they going to kind of loosen that rule or is there like a changing area and you can only wear them when you're in that land or or do you not get to wear them at all? Is it just like you can buy it and wear it on your own time? Yeah. The last, last couple of things. Uh, now uh, for those listening, there's, there's so much information uh, about galaxy's edge now that, I mean, if, if we, if we were to talk about every, everything, it'd be, you know, five, six hour show. So uh, go out, go on to Google search, you know, Google being whatever you use to search uh, and just look up uh, Gal galaxy's edge and you'll find, You'll find tons of stuff, and as as we as we get more stuff, or as we learn some stuff that we think is cool, we'll we'll definitely post it uh, on our on our Facebook account. Um, and one of the last things that, that this is brought up here, uh, they kept asking if uh, they would share the release or the uh, opening date for them, and uh, all they all they would say is that they're really close to being complete. Uh, so they wouldn't they wouldn't give a date. Uh, maybe you know maybe they don't actually have one yet, but. Uh, and, and they weren't prepared to give actually a percentage of what's done, you know, 50%, 70%, 90%. They just said, we're really close. Uh, so officially the release date is summer of 2019. Uh, when will, when, when that'll be, we, we don't know, you know, June, July, August. Um, 
we will see. Uh, but I'm sure they'll. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. So, but excited. Uh, like, like I said at the beginning, I was kind of, yeah, a new land. But, uh, yeah, uh, as I as I read more and do some research on it, uh, you know, if 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 I was able to be there when it first opened, I think I would, I would endure the long lines and the crowds, and uh, you know, be 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 able to see, I you know, be able to say that I was there at the beginning, and you know, I got to ride the rides and see see all this stuff. So I'm kind of hoping it's going to be the week everyone goes back to school. That'd be nice. <laughs> They'd make a lot of people angry, but they'd save themselves a lot of hassle when it comes to crowd control. I have also seen that apparently they're saying that the uh, the queues for both of these attractions have been built and set up to where they can easily handle a five hour long line. Within within its natural queue to where it's not having to be extended out into the land, that that's what the actual queue can hold. Yeah, because you don't. I mean, I wouldn't want to. You know, as a if I was a you know somebody associated with Disney and that, and you know, I wouldn't want to see people you know snaking in a line throughout Galaxy's Edge. You know that that would I think that that would kind of take away from the from the immersion of being in the land. So. Um, yeah, I want to see people walking around and you know, like I'm there, but you know the line. I don't. I don't really want to see. So ho- hopefully that's true. Hopefully there's some truth truth to that. Uh, but we'll see in summer. So yeah, like I said, it, yes, go up, uh, Google things, look it up. Interesting stuff. Uh, we can't share it all here. Um, and then if you do have anything to share, or you want to send a comment, uh, you can reach us at uh, talkingdisneypodcast at gmail dot com. It could be anything from uh, information uh, about Galaxy's Edge you want to share or that you want to know to basically whatever you want to tell us about. Uh, and you can follow us on Facebook uh, at Talking Disney Podcast and also on Twitter, uh, which is just Talking Disney. Uh, so that's where you can reach the show. I know, Cody, you have some uh, social media accounts you want to share? Um, yeah, I have a personal Twitter account. It is at Coyote Jackson 97 All right. Awesome. Well, uh, we were we were kind of worried that uh, we might not be able to make this a long show, but uh, well, I I mean we can be honest. I think I was worried more more than you were, and you're like, yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. I think we have enough to talk. Yeah, about. there's there's plenty to talk about. We can talk about you know we, we could talk another couple couple hours, but it's getting late, so I don't know. I've been doing that the past couple of weeks. It's like, oh, do you think, it, you think there's enough to talk about there? But here we are. I think. Right. I rambled on quite a bit tonight, so I proved myself wrong. No, that's good. That's good. A lot, a lot of information to share. Uh, like I said, if you have something to share, uh, send us an email. And uh, we uh, we will not be uh, doing a podcast next week. Uh, you want right. to you want to tell them why, Cody? Um. Yeah. So next week, um, you can expect to not hear from us because. I will be traveling. Um, Jason will also be traveling, but I will be going to Disneyland. And I'll, um, and I'll just be going to Vegas. So Yes, and I, I will be seeing you in Vegas, but then we will be parting ways, right. and I will be heading further on and, and going to Disneyland. Yeah. And that'll be we'll be doing all of our traveling um, uh, this coming weekend by the time this podcast um, is available for you to listen to. And the weekends are when we do our recording, so... 
we won't be around to do the recording. Right. So we'll uh, we'll see you, or actually, you'll get to hear us uh, in about two weeks. So uh, until then, hopefully, uh, hopefully, you enjoyed the show, uh, and uh, you're excited about Star Wars: uh, Galaxy's Edge, like I am, uh, and uh, that's all we got for you. So we'll uh, see you later. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. Yeah, folks. And me and my pals hope you had a swell time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mickey? Uh-huh? It's that time. Uh, what time is that, Minnie? Oh, <laughs> Goofy? Huh? Oh. Now, now it's time, time to say goodnight to all our company. K-E-Y Why? Why? Because we like you!